everyone? Welcome to another podcast here. We have got Sean Tease. We've got Tyler. Jack is not with us tonight, but he is here, I'm sure, in spirit. Um, I'm sure he would ramble on for 800 hours. Um, so uh, maybe we'll get a word in otherwise, guys. Um, so here we are. It's uh, what are we getting ready to hit week 17 and um, the last 12 weeks or whatever, or however many weeks is it's like a broken record. I say it every time we could just go back and play last week's um, Tampa Bay. Listen, it, it it was what it was. I don't know that any of us expected us to to go in there and, and, and compete or win. Um, and I don't, I'll let you guys get to it, but what it showed me real quick is this. We are very far, far, far away from being relevant in the NFL. Um, and there's got to be some changes. And, and what we saw and what I saw watching the game was an NFL veteran team with a veteran coach and a veteran staff go out there with a game plan, perform it, and get the job done. Um, yeah. It wasn't um, – it wasn't as Skip Bayless referred to us this week as a clown show. Um, so, you know, I, it, 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 we weren't very good. Um, it, it continues to show what problems we have, both from the head coach, um, our coordinators, um, as well as we'll get into a little bit more down the road. But for me, um, it, the quarterback play, just it's, it's, it's all over the place. So I will let you guys uh, give your thoughts. I'll toss it to Tyler first. Let him, uh, Give us his thoughts on this past weekend's game. Yeah, I mean, it's just all spiraling down at this point. And it has been since, you know, the beginning to middle part of the season. It's been a slow spiral downwards, and it just keeps getting worse and worse. And like I said a couple weeks ago, these last few weeks are really important for um, the whole team and Matt Rule especially to um, see what momentum we can carry into next year. And instead of him and the rest of the team really finding the bright spots and putting good stuff out on the field, whether it's a win or a loss, it just seems to be more of a mess each and every week. And um, it all goes back to organization. And I think uh, we continue to see some of the dumb mistakes that you don't need to see like guys on the field, too many guys on the field, dumb penalties, um, big lack of organization. And I don't think it, it doesn't bode well for Matt rule, who is our, is officially, in my opinion, on the hot seat. I think I think we can all safely say that now rules on the hot seat. We've talked about it pretty much all season, uh, what his future looks like, but he is firmly on the hot seat now. And you know, Sunday wasn't any help to him. And he's got two weeks to uh, really, you know, him and the rest of the team have two weeks to really put their mark on this season and see what momentum we have going into next year. Yeah, at this point, um, just much of the same, like you said, Jeff. No direction. We've been begging for a direction for two years now. We, we we've just we've never gotten that. No sense of a no sense no sense of a plan when they go out there on go out there onto the field. Taking Sam Donald, I think completes a sixty yard pass to Shy. You take you then take him out to insert Cam Newton into the red zone. I, I and again I I'm the biggest Cam fan you'll probably find around here. But when a guy act, when when a guy makes a play, you let him ride it out and see if he can if he if it just steamroll into something bigger he did he didn't do that he, he halted the, the he halted the momentum i mean this this college assist i mean i mean we have skip bayless calling us a clown show we have pat mcafee calling us a high school football team and all of which the descriptions fit the bill for what this practice team is right now just a team that just has no idea what it's doing right now no idea what it's doing and it, and it even makes you look at the players that we have that are that we probably deem as halfway decent and we can't even get a good evaluation of them. Like we haven't, I mean, we have, we don't, I haven't gotten a great evaluation of what 
DJ Moore actually can be because he's had horrible quarterback play for now going on three, four consecutive seasons. Robbie Anderson had a thousand yard season last year. Looks nothing like the same guy coming into this year. And again, we have young guys like like Terrace Marshall, like Shot, who haven't gotten any, who haven't who haven't gotten many touches or many opportunities to even touch the football. So I think we still go into twenty twenty two with a lot of question marks, even with the twenty one draft class. Just not just a whole not a whole lot of answers. So just. This has just been a waste of a year, and just and just uh, just a lack of answers have been given to, to to the equation of how to solve this Panthers franchise moving forward. Yeah, what what got me was um, I agree with what you said, Shantice, about the whole. You know, I mean, Sam hits Shy Smith on the pass, gorgeous pass, great catch. You know, Shy got behind the defense and stuff, um, and then all of a sudden you bring in Cam, um, and like I said, we all love Cam, but I, I think where they're missing the boat is this. Um, and, and Tyler, you can jump in here right after me. To me, Cam's at this point now where I think if you're going to do the two-quarterback system, do something like the Raiders do with Mariota and Carr. Once you get inside the five-yard line, go ahead and bring Cam in. When you get inside the 10, bring him in. You, you know what? Because then it's it's a run or it's a five-yard pass. So at, at that point, at least there's some vision for the system, if that makes sense. I don't – listen, and, and, and you all know me with Cam um, – and we'll talk about it more. I, I just wish they would have done that. So, and and I and I don't think the offense, even though they only put up what six points, yeah, <laughs> there were some bright spots. I want to know your guys' thoughts on um. And I'm sorry if I remember, the, I can't remember the first name. Christensen. What's his name? Brady. Brady Christensen. Yeah. I, 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 Play what? He, he, listen, I want I want your thoughts on, on Brady Christensen because to me, he's starting to get it a little bit, and I think that they he needs to be a vital part moving forward on that offensive line. Oh. Absolutely, and you think about how he's graded out the highest of in the two games that he's started at left tackle. He's he's graded out higher than Cam Irving twice, even though it's not it's a small sample size. But the sample size that we've gotten from Brady Christensen shows you that he's more comfortable playing his natural position, which is what he's played his entire career. And we should have allowed him to be able to develop and struggle at that position the same way we allow Cam Irving to be a veteran and struggle at that position as well. So I think that we. Lost a year of development on Brady Christensen at that position. That's the unfortunate part, but we are seeing some bright spots that you could possibly move forward with and could save you a draft pick in this, in this, in this upcoming draft, but you don't have to spend that on a premium left tackle in the draft, and you could possibly go go work on those guard positions that desperately need help as well. Yeah, I mean, at the start of the game, you know, they show that the starting lineups and we see <laughs> – the Panthers offensive line and all of these names that a lot of Panthers fans probably don't know, but it was, it was refreshing to see Brady Christensen in at left tackle, something I think myself and a lot of Panthers fans wanted to see um, coming out of BYU talking about this 2021 draft class. Christensen was a guy that I was really excited about, you know, even though we did wait that long to address the offensive line position, um, you know, love that pick. One of the reasons why I really started to like Scott Fitterer because Brady Christensen, while he was a bit of an older prospect, he was a super athletic guy who did need to develop some uh, te technical skills, played tackle in college, um, shorter arms. So a lot of people thought he projected into guard, but I was in the boat of let's ride with him at tackle and see what we can get out of him. And I do think he could have a future inside at guard and he didn't do as well as we thought he would there early on in the year. But like I said, a developmental offensive lineman, and we've seen him now in a new position over the course of the year, he's playing his best football towards the end of the year, which is what you love to see. And, and something uh, that we can look back on this past draft and be like, okay, 
we have somebody that we think can be a starting offense lineman and we can set it and forget it. Um, that's a good feeling to have. We'll see how he does these last two weeks and how we feel about him going forward. But um, to have, uh, you know, at least one piece um, in addition to Taylor Moton uh, next year and another piece on the offensive line that we can feel comfortable with, I think opens up a lot more. And if he can really find his home at left tackle, then that's a win for us. That is a huge win for us. Um, and Scott Fitter deserves all the applause for that one, finding, you know, a left tackle um, for the future, hopefully. And so we'll see how he does um, in these last couple games but i say we you know we got to rock with him at left tackle and see what we got there completely 100 percent agree you know that left tackle spot i think about taylor lewan and the titans and the mainstay he's been with that 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 offensive line um so if you've got somebody coming in um yeah play him at left tackle get it done so let's flip the flip the side a little bit let's go to the defensive side of the ball obviously you're playing the goat um you're playing tom brady and you're playing bruce arians and you're playing byron leftwich and that whole coaching staff and stuff like that um Overall, I'm a little, you know, I, I'm a little concerned about the defense now to a point, and and maybe it's not the play calling and stuff like that. It's just, are they so worn out? Are they so just? Is their is their confidence level about the team as a whole? Maybe not the defensive side of the ball, but just the team as a whole. You guys, does that does that eventually wear on you? Where it's like, listen, we're going to go out there and do our best, but we can't carry this team by ourselves. And where's the middle part of the defense right now? I, I think that does wear on you when you when you have an offense that's been as bad as the Panthers offense has been for the majority of the year it kind of feels like you just no, no matter what you do no matter how well you play there's not just not really a chance for you guys to win to win football games but for the defense in this game they just got honestly they just got dominated and I, and I don't th- I don't even know if their best performance would have really helped them that they, they, uh there on Sunday I look at the offensive line I look at the, the our you know our front line we got zero zero pass rush like uh on, on Sunday um I mean, not mind you, the the Buccaneers' offensive line is one of the best the best you'll see in the league. So I mean, it, it was strength against strength, and their strength over, over overpowered ours. But right now, I think I mean, we're, we're, I mean, in the back end, we we have guys that are getting banged up. So I don't I don't think we're as strong of a unit as obviously as we were at at, at this at the beginning of the year. I think losing all the corners, JC uh, Dante, AJ Bouye, even Stephon Gilmore going down with a groin injury uh, on Sunday. I think it's all starting to wear wear down on this group, and you're just not going to see. Just not going to see that same fire and passion that you saw that group earlier in the year, and I think it's been this way for a while. But I don't know if there's any if there's any get, getting back to where where they were. They've progressively they've progressively gotten worse alongside the other groups on our team. And it's one of those things where it's just it's just been a, a snowball effect, and it hasn't been we haven't been able to stop it or slow it down in any, in any type of way. Yeah, and that's a tough thing. And as somebody who's played it. And a football game like that before where you know that if this offense scores against us, we might not win the game because we don't know what our off what our offense can do. It's frustrating, but um, you know, you hope that if that is you know a thing in the future that the defense can embrace it and really maximize and know that they're gonna have to score, they're gonna have to create turnovers and score the ball. So um, you know, at this point in the season, it's really tough with, like I said, this is the season being over for us officially now, which we're, we're finally not in the hunt anymore <laughs> in the wild NFC race for the playoffs. Um, we're not in the hunt. So things, things are pretty much over for us. And it's, it's demoralizing, especially on the defensive side of the ball where, 
you're taking hits after hits and it's a physical game and your body wears down towards the end of the year. So it's tough on those guys, but I mean, that's really up to the coaching staff now to, um, see, you know, get the most out of guys, even when there's not that much on the line. So, um, you know, you hope to see you guys play well and guys develop and grow like Brady Christensen get guys that we feel comfortable with going into next year, knowing that this guy can play some ball. So we're going to be looking for those guys in the next coming weeks, no matter who it is. So we get waxed. What was it? 32 to six. Was that the final? You get waxed 32 to six. You're officially eliminated from the playoffs. Team's kind of down a little bit. Probably fans are obviously not in a good place. Okay. So the comment of the press conference (laughs) And you know where I'm going, probably, Shantice. Oh, my God. Yeah. Matt Rule <laughs> quotes coaching and compares it to, um, as he says, it's like I tell my players, <laughs> it took Jay-Z like seven years to be successful. Okay. Let me just – let me do my editorial here real quick. Okay. If you're a musician and you get famous in seven years, you've done a really good job. Yeah. Because let's face it, the first three or four years – you, you know, you're trying to tread water. <laughs> Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. And and so, and, and, but, but that's, that is what is expected in the entertainment business. If I were to send my middle kid, Will, out to LA and go, go be a performer, go get on television. He's going to spend three or four years busting his hump to get there. But that's expected in that business. You mean to tell me you're going to look a group in the eye and go seven years, guys. You know, it, it, that's what it took Jay. Stop it. But just it, stop it. So I want, I want, and, and let me just, and I want to throw one more thing out here because I can't get it out of my mind now. When Skip Bayless referred to us as a clown show, I have a hard time, and I got it pictured the other day of Matt Rule. Actually, if you think about it, it looks like the guy who would come to your house on Saturday afternoon for a party and have the clown nose in the wig <laughs> in the big shoes. And I can't not not picture it now. Bro, if that makes I, sense. But but why do you say why when you know you're on the hot seat and things aren't going well, why say something like that? Shanti's go. This he has absolute I've been preaching it since he's got here. He has no idea what he's doing. He's weighing over his head. And to even use a reference like like Jay-Z to say seven years. That's a college type of that that's a that's a college statement that you have seven years to try to build this thing up. Fam, in the NFL, the life expectancy of a career on average is probably about two, three years, mate, max. Most of these guys aren't going to be here. In seven years, if, you, if you're telling me seven years, DJ Moore is gone, Christian McCaffrey's gone, Robbie Adams is long gone, Brian Burns is gone, Dante Jackson is gone. That In, this, in seven years, we're talking about an entirely new team. You know how long seven years is in, in, in the NFL? That's, that's almost the equivalent to about a decade and a half. So it's about, it's about to equivalent to 15 years. I mean, you because the life of the NFL is basically is it's sped up two times. Unless you're Tom Brady. Unless you're Tom Brady. <laughs> in seven years, I say, bro, who what for what fan base are you gonna have in seven years to wait? Right. Who's waiting that long? Because we're already two years in and we've seen zero progress. And all we ever asked for was just show us some progress. You know, we we, we just want a little bit like increments in, of improvement. We've not gotten that. We've got we're actually worse. We're actually worse off than what we were when he when he initially got here. That also meant, I, you know, he also mentioned, you know, uh, he, he was talking about the guys that departed and everything when he first got here and all the guys that he lost. I'm like, well, you had a roster that was plenty good enough when you got here. If you would have retooled some things the, the, the correct way or you would have just, you know, went 
with going out to go get a new quarterback instead of trying to bring in old veterans, he probably could have built this thing up without having the the this much this this this, this much critique. I mean, I think I, all we all we wanted was a direction, and he kept and, and then they they kept trying to stall and put band aids over bullet wounds, and now we're this is where we're at. And it's you know obviously quote very ridiculous, very ridiculous thing to say. And you know stuff like this wasn't talked about by us in the beginning of the season or last year. We didn't really have any worries about this, but now when things start getting tough, we start losing. Everybody's questioning everything about the organization, including the head coach. Um, you know you start to notice this more, and because it happens, he, he's he's panicking. He's kind of you know going you know kind of trying to you know, stay afloat here with, with some of these, these things he's saying and doing. And that's what, it, that's what it really seems like is he's trying to stay afloat here, hold on with every bit he's got because he knows that he's on the hot seat. So um, that's, that's kind of what this quote tells me. You know, and as, as I got to thinking about it over the last couple of days or so, and especially here on sports radio, they're just, they're just, he's, he's getting butchered on sports radio here, but here's the gist. And I want you guys thoughts on this because I really got to thinking about it. Okay. His his after Thanksgiving record's been horrible. We've lost our last six home games, I think. Um, like you said, Chantis, right now we're in a position to pick like higher than we did when he first got here. Like we'd have a higher draft pick, then and, and that may be a good thing. But here's here's the rub: is I, one of I, a number of things can happen. You can have him come back next year um, for third year, but we have no quarterback. We have no starting quarterback, and 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 I'm just and I don't mean to make it. We do not have an NFL starting quarterback on our roster right now, and we'll get to Cam in a minute um, because I want to ask you a question about Cam. But so, what do you do? I mean, even if if even if he stays, then September of next year when Game One hits, who's our quarterback? Are you going to have him? And let's say they go get whatever the kid is from Pittsburgh. I can't remember his name. Um, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. Or what? And listen, the draft class for quarterbacks, I'll let Tyler talk about it. Maybe is not strong from what I gather. But 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 so what do you do there? Or is it Matt Rule and you jump all in on Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers or whoever may be out there? Or so then even then, I guess what I'm getting at is I can't see anything where this works out well, mm-hmm. and not for the team for the fan base. Because here's my question: Go get Eric Bieniemy. Go get Byron Leftwich. Do you still got to go get that first round quarterback and, or do you keep Sam and listen, we bought here. So here's my problem. We've boxed ourselves in because we have this coach who's on a six year contract or whatever, I guess it's six years. Um, yes. Is yeah, it six? Seven. So you know, six or seven. I think, I think it was seven. Yeah. seven. So you've, seven. you've boxed yourself in kind of that way. I mean, you can't get rid of him, but also you've boxed yourselves in with a quarterback who you've got this 18 mil, I think for next year or whatever. So we've boxed ourselves in um, as a fan base. What are we looking for in September? I mean, my thought processes and guys, I want you to thought, I honestly believe that Matt Rule will be the head coach and Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback. Uh, I, uh, you know, in all honesty, uh, because of how bad, because of how we've managed our draft picks and everything, that, that kind of has to be the case. I mean, uh, unless you go, unless that, unless that decision is to move on from Matt Rule, right? You have to go in. You have to go in the next year with with, with Matt Rule and Sam Darnold because I mean, you can't. You don't have any draft capital to trade away. Right, you're done. You're done trading away draft picks. Um, how much more day? How, how how many more times can you pay guys to play for other teams? Teddy Bridgewater's already doing it, so it ends up Perryman. How I mean, how many more quarterbacks? Can, I mean, who can you go acquire? 
for for big money. Your free agent money isn't isn't looking that great. Even even when the cap rises, you're still not going to be in the top. You're not. I don't think they'll be in the top ten or fifteen as far as cap space goes. As far as amongst the amongst NFL other NFL teams, so you just you're in a situation where you kind of have to just roll with what you got. Probably go draft the offensive line, fix that opposition, fix that position group up as much as you possibly can, and then roll. Honestly, how you have to roll with what you got. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you probably lost the team at this point if you roll with Sam Darnold again next year. I can't imagine DJ Moore's just dying to dying to get a contract done with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I can't imagine Robbie Anderson is going to stay too much longer with Sam Darnold at quarterback. I can't imagine that you can get guys like Dante, Brian Burns, Asan Reddick, Stephon Gilmore to really buy into this team being somewhere where they can want to play and actually have a chance to move to move forward and make, and make the playoffs with. And um, again, I mean, we heard it. Uh, we heard it last week when 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 Robbie spoke. I don't think that. I think the team. I think if you ask the if you if you poll the players on this team right now, they even though Cam hasn't won a game, hasn't won a start since he's been back, they would much rather follow behind him than Sam Darnold because the guy at least carries himself as, as a leader and as an NFL professional. Um, there's nothing that I could. I there's just no possible way I could see this team following behind Matt Rule and Sam Darnold next year and and it going well. It's just, it's just pretty much just giving him the third year as a as a courtesy to say, look. Show us what you got. If we don't make the playoffs, then then, then we need then, then we already then we already know what where we're going with this come next season. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember a couple of weeks ago when Joe Brady got fired, we were talking about um, potential offensive coordinator uh, candidates for us. But now we're in the mindset of potential mm-hmm. head coach candidates. And now that today the Jaguars um, officially uh, requested to interview guys, it got my head thinking. I think. You know, later on, we should talk about some potential head coach candidates if rules gone. But, um, you know, it all starts with the head coach and quarterback next year. Um, and I think whoever the head coach is, is really going to determine what we do at the quarterback position. But I don't think you can go into next year with just one or even both Sam and Cam. Like they can't just go in with only Sam Darnold or only Cam Newton. Getting rid of Sam Darnold is going to be tough. Um like you said, Shanti's paying players to go win games in other organizations. Is, um, we kind of maxed out there. I uh, can't can't keep adding to that. So he is almost almost a lock, I'd say, to be back. Uh, depending, unless we get a different head coach and we see how that goes. But I, I feel pretty decent that Darnold will be back. But I don't think you can roll into the year with him being your only option. I don't think you can go into the year with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. Like nobody's going to want to play for a team that we know what's going to happen. We know how things are going to go from there. Uh, we talk about the draft class a little bit, still got to do a lot of work on these guys. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the draft class that it was last year at the quarterback position. Um, we'll see if somebody uh, rises above the rest in the off season and de- really defines himself as QB one um, this year. Most of the quarterbacks that are like, talked about being in the first round are going to the senior bowl, the recent senior bowl. So I think that'll be a great opportunity for them to battle out and for somebody to really um, take that front step. Because right now we don't even know who the solid quarterback one is like last year. We all knew Trevor Lawrence would be the first overall pick. So it's going to be really interesting to see how things shake out and to watch some of these guys. So, you know, picking in the top 10, of course, we're going to have um, that's going to be the easiest route. 
at uh, finding another quarterback to um, bring in for competition or to be a starter. Um, still got to, you know, look at some guys there. And then, um, you know, free agency, I don't think is going to be an option at the quarterback spot. Nothing, not for somebody that's going to be a serious starter, especially since we're paying Sam Darnold um, $18 million already. I don't think, I don't see us going out and paying up for a guy to compete with Darnold. So, um, you know, it, it really depends on who the head coach is because, you know, that, I see we're probably a lot more likely, a lot more likely if we bring in a new head coach, you know, he works with Scott Fitterer. They want to put their stamp on a guy that they really feel um, they want to tie their career to quite frankly, in Carolina and, and go after that. So it's all about the head coach um, when it comes to the quarterback position. And there's, you know, a couple different options we can go down, but um, the worst mistake is going to be keeping what we got because it's not working. A hundred percent agree. And the one thing we've learned this year, guys, more than anything is, how important that coach, rookie quarterback, how important that is in terms of doing it right. I mean, let's look at, I mean, Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, that was a disaster. Nagy and Fields, that seems to be a disaster. Zach Wilson and um, what's the coach of the Jets? Yeah, Robert Sala. That looks like a disaster. Um, Maybe. but And and so you got to get it right. So along those lines, um, I, I guess my question is, let me ask you one question. I just want yes or no. And I'll come back to my next question. Sean Tease, is Matt Rule here next year, yes or no? Yes. Tyler? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's a 50-50 chance right now, but I'm going to lean towards yes and with wishful think or, you know, maybe hedge my bets here. (laughs) Okay. Um, The Jags are all over it right now. The Jags are already requesting, let me talk to this person, let me talk to this person, let me talk to it. If you had one ideal candidate, out of everybody you've heard right now, and the Jags are talking, like I said, everybody. If you could bring in the one person you think could be, I don't want to say the savior or whatever, but you know what I'm getting at, that person that's going to be like, okay, this is our coach. This is our guy. This is the guy who's going to build our culture. This is the guy who's going to make us relevant again in the NFL. Um, who do you want? Who comes to mind? First if, you had guy, to pick one, if you had to pick one, first guy comes to mind. If, if I got to pick the first guy that comes to mind, if I'm if I really want to build a franchise and – have some stability like we had in the previous decade, I go Jim Caldwell. For me, it's going to be Doug Peterson. Okay. Which, which uh, you know, two two veteran guys here. Yeah. I, I just I just want st- I want grown men coaching my football team again. That's 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 really what I'm that's really what I want. I just want I, I'll be fine with Doug Peterson as well. I just want I, I want somebody I, I feel like I can lean on and say that. We can build something here. We can build a solid. We can build this with a solid foundation. Those are two guys that have that have an idea of how to build up good teams. Peterson knows how to build, help build up a championship team um, over there in Philadelphia. So again, I'd be fine with either one of those guys. I just I just want to get back to having veteran leadership at the at the head of our franchise again. Right, uh, and I, you know I like I like the Caldwell pick a lot. Um, I mean, even if he's not a long-term guy, a 10-plus year head coach for us, he's at at the very least going to establish a strong culture, get the right guys in the building, get a great staff around him, and get us back to, you know, you know, Jim Caldwell really reminds me of Ron Rivera. And um, so, does, so does Doug Peterson. I think Doug Peterson is what we wanted Matt Rule to be. Yeah, um, you know his time was was done in Philadelphia uh, for better or worse. But you know, at the end of his struggles there, just last season, which it feels like forever since he's been in Philadelphia. But just last season, the struggles were, you know, the COVID problems in Philadelphia. They were in, had four string offensive linemen and no weapons. Didn't get any help on on offense. 
um, you know, the whole Carson Wentz debacle. But just the years before that he, you know, brought a team to a championship and um, it, it was it was awesome. And they were always a great team. And I don't I don't think he deserved to be fired after that. I, I, I think he's, you know, a top, a top 32 coach right now, you know, and he's and he's not coaching. So he, he wants to come back. He's going to get the interviews um, as we're seeing right now. And I think he'd be, you know, a great guy as we do. Uh, we talk about we have the talent on offense, especially at the skill positions. And he's a guy that's going to um, maximize all the talent around him, uh, even that Eagle squad that went to the Super Bowl, not loaded at the skill positions, but he got a lot out of those guys and he put Nick Foles in a situation, in a position to to win a Super Bowl. And um, that, that, that's where it starts. As we know, the quarterback position is 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 all that's what the NFL is about. And if he can you know, get the most out of the quarterback, no matter who it is, um, that's a guy I want in the building ha- has experience developing, um, you know, people and having great staffs. So Doug Peterson's a guy that I don't think should have got fired from the Eagles. And I think it's, um, it's crazy that he's available to be hired as a head coach. So I, I agree with both of those. Um, I'm just going to throw one more name out there and it's somebody who doesn't have the head coach experience. But to me, I just can't seem to get over um, Byron Leftwich. You know, he's been on my mind too. And 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 what I'm talking about is a guy who played the position. And if we're talking about quarterback, we're talking about somebody who's played the position. But now my question is, okay, he's had Tom Brady. <laughs> you know, what I'm getting at, uh, yeah. You know, and Mike Williams and that whole you know Robbie O'Connor stuff. But he's adjusted to what he has, and I think that confidence. I, I just, I, but I do agree with you guys, the Peterson call well because you get that veteran coach, that guy who's going to come in and go, this is where we're going. This is what we're going to do. And here's how we're going to do it. Byron, Byron Leftwich just kind of, you know, and then the guy in Dallas, um, who is uh, um, uh, Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore, you know, there are a couple of OCs out there that I could see, Hey, let, let's go grab them. Um, and, let, and let's go do that. However, I, I say that, but then I look and I listen, I love the guy. I just don't know that Arthur Smith has been a great head coach. Um, Maybe it's going to take time, but you know he was, you know, he had he he did wonders at Tennessee, and now he's moved to the head coaching spot, and um, I, so it's kind of like, I mean, yeah, but Man. but Atlanta's Atlanta, but to me, Byron Leftwich is just that guy right now who's just that young, but is it the young hot sports car? You know, is it the hot commodity, the the, the sports car versus the you know the guy that's going to be the car that's going to be dependable, that's going to get out there like a Peterson or Caldwell and get us where we need to be? I don't know. Your thoughts on Leftwich? Um, as far as as far as with left, which I, I thought about left, which as well, and again, it's the only thing that kind of came to mind was is that do do we want to go with another young coach at that position again that doesn't have head coaching experience? And I hate to really use that against him because it's not it's not fair to him because he's done what he had what he's had to do to grow into the role that he that, that he's been given, and he's performed well. And he, and he and his team has performed admirably under him. I don't know if I think just as a fan base, I don't know if I want to go with that again because that means pretty much a reset rebuild. I mean, which, which I'm fine with that, but it's like we're doing that with another guy who hasn't done this before as a head coach in, in the NFL. And I don't know if I think I mean I'm just kind of gun shot about doing that again with with guys that aren't that I, I'm not gonna say aren't, aren't qualified because Byron Leftwich is qualified to be a head coach just hasn't done it yet because I don't know if I'm willing to be the experiment guy again. I didn't want to be the experiment guy for Matt Rule. I don't like hiring college coaches, but at least what left with, I do have more trust that he could put together an NFL staff than Matt Rule could. 
Yeah, I try. I just would have a lot more trust in him compared to what we have in Rule now. And he has the NFL connections. Not saying that Rule didn't because he was able to bring in Joe Brady, which was a you know a big hire. But he was even a college guy in himself. Leftwich has all the all the NFL connections in the world. He's been in the NFL his entire career as a coach and player, so he knows. You know, obviously spends a ton of time watching film, you know, working with grown men, so he knows that whole game. Um, he's going to get a head coaching spot, whether it's this year or next year, it's going to happen. So it's not going to be a risk or anything. It's not going to be a far-fetched hire if, if anybody doesn't, and I'd be okay with it while there would be some uncertainty with it. Of course, you know, a first time head coach, younger guy, um, it, it brings that excitement because even if, even if they come out, right. And we're not, we're not great right away with say we hire Luffridge or somebody young like that. It's better to be a year early on hiring some of these younger superstar head coaches than a year late. Like Tom McVay, look at him. They it took the time there, but they were lucky to hire him early and take a risk at a young at a young offensive genius. And now they have one of the best head coaches in football. Uh, Zach Taylor for the Bengals. Look at that. How it, it, he was a he was a potential coach that was going to get fired this year. And in year three for him, things are looking great um, after he's gotten time to get his guys in the building and, you know, really get, get things going there. So I'm all for uh, going after younger, a younger guy with, you know, he proves to it if, in, in the interviews. Like that's where you can tell a lot from a guy. And, you know, Tepper saw something in rule and hopefully he's got his eye out for, um, for, you know, that, the right things in a head coach. And now that Scott Fitter seems to be cemented in a, in a job here long-term, he'll also be a big help in finding his head coach with Tepper and uh, get his opinions on things too. So the search, if it even happens, <laughs> is yeah. going to be, uh, you know, something something interesting to watch because I do think um, there's a lot of, a lot of good guys out there, a lot of different ways to go, whether you want a veteran coach while there's two – two plus good ones out there that can come in and really get things to turn around quick, in my opinion, or uh, there's a couple good options for, uh, for younger guys too. So if it happens, we'll have to see how it plays out. I will say this before we move on. I, I do want to get interviewing guys. I don't want to let, you know, this, the, 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 the no man's that we're in with Matt rule keep us from even talking to these guys. I do want to talk to just about anybody we can, because I mean, as a fan base, we're 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 ready to be back on the dating scene and talk and talk to people again. We're not, I'm not really in the waiting on Matt Rule's uh, on the decision with with Matt Rule in in, in order to to not is it to to talk to these guys. I think we need to get we need to get on the ball as far as talking to these guys before somebody like Tyler says. I mean, they, they, these are guys that are probably going to be the next superstar head coaches of this league. You don't want to wait and be and, and and be left behind because you weren't willing to make a decision on on the guy you currently have. Especially when you see the Pete Carrolls and the Mike Zimmers, all of them starting to kind of, you know, they're starting to fade out. They're, yeah, right. I mean, you know, and and I love Pete Carroll, I love him to death, but I'd like a game has passed you by, I think, my friend. Um, and and so you know, and one more thing about taking your shot, and I'll just throw it out there because I, the Titans fan, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's been a great hire, um, and has turned into a hell of a coach and had no experience. However, he did have like, I mean, he was with Belichick and he was with the Texans, so it's stuff like that. So. That's why I love the left, which hire a little bit, but um, it's that two-edged sword. You know, do you go young and or do you go with the one who's solid and can get you? But anyway, we'll see. Um, but here's the gist: I will we'll end it on this. Don't mess around, like you said, Shantice. Don't sit around and go, well, you know, because the day after the season ends, there might be eight or ten coaching vacancies. Let's be real. Yeah. I mean, there really could be. And if that's the case, there's you know, all of a sudden you don't want to be left behind. 
Exactly. You um, don't want to. You and, don't want to put your job up against somebody else's job listing and say, "Well, our job may be better." Don't. I've seen it happen before with with, with, with some of my favorite teams. You don't want to be. You don't. You, you don't. You don't want to have to fight for these candidates. You want to be the right. first nope. to be able Agreed. to jump on them. Agreed. All right, let's move on. One more thing, uh, and then we'll talk about maybe the upcoming game. Um, the comments from Cam Newton afterwards. Um, I can't tell you guys how much respect I have earned for Cam this year when he's come back. What he has said, how he's conducted himself. Um, but there were these shots that we've seen on social media and even at the game itself where him, him just kind of over by himself uh, looking at Bank of America. And you heard what he said afterwards. Um, it, it sounded like a, a player who said, you know what, I've done all I can do. He, he had this voice about him going, listen, I came back to the one town, the one city that I love, that maybe I can make it work. It didn't. Is is Cam Newton is Cam Newton done? Have we seen him for the last time? I, I think I think maybe mentally he he may be done with this, and and that's usually and that's where it starts first. Before you're physically gone, you're usually mentally gone first. And if he doesn't feel, if he's starting to question himself about whether he feels good, feel, feels like he's good enough. Or if he's if he's starting to question his ability, then he's already one foot out, one foot out the door. And um, I I I think so. I'm I I'll be I, I think so. I don't I don't I physically do I think he's done he's done some things in Carolina that even though it hasn't looked great, he's done some things that that, that shows me that he's still got some phys, some physical pop left. And if you were to if you were to really try to you know get the most out of it, I think you could. But again, at this age, nobody's truly gonna invest into a 32-year-old going on 33 next season uh, year old quarterback. Nobody's gonna invest in that as, as to as to being the guy that to help them lead them into the future. Um, I I, I think I think he's done. I think I, I think he, for a guy that said the things that he said, I can kind of get I can just get the feeling that he's mentally he's starting to let it go as far as far as his playing career. Yeah, and you know we love Cam. And, you know, for Panthers fans that really do love Cam, it's been tough to watch this, you know, just not being the same, not getting the help that he deserves um, offensively. And it's it's it sucks not to see him play at his best. And um, it's awesome to see that he's really came into his own over the course of his career now in his reflection stage, really, of his career where he's looking back on everything. And, you know, if he feels that he did all he can do, that's got to be a good feeling and at least gave it one more try in Carolina um, and gave it a strong push where, you know, he's not the same guy now. Um, You want to get the most out of that NFL career, but at some point, at some point he's going to have to call it quits. And I think that, you know, of course, depending on the head coach situation, I I don't think he's coming back to Carolina next year um, for, for how much it'll cost and something we've always talked about, you know, right now Cam's being a great teammate and being, you know, great in this really poorly managed quarterback situation. He's, he's doing as good as anybody could with it, but we always, you know, we've talked on here right when Cam got released by us originally picked up by the Patriots. Cam's not a guy that wants to be a backup. Like you see Marcus Mariota, like we talked about him, you know, kind of developed this role in, in Oakland where, you know, he, he's you know strictly a backup that um, is going to be in his very per- certain situations, but I don't think that's Cam. He's too much of a winner um, mentally just wants to be the guy. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't see him continuing his career just to be a backup, like a for sure backup. And there's not that many starting spots available in the NFL at quarterback at this point. So, 
I don't think he fits into that mix. We'll see if he comes back to Carolina or not, but I don't think he goes anywhere else to play. Um, and if he doesn't come back to Carolina, I think I think that might be the last we see of Cam. Um, and you know, it's it's it. You know, I've given Cam a tough time a lot of times, but it's 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 sad that it it, it ends this way almost. If it does, um, and I just don't think that Carolina has treated him right. Um, the 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 organization, not the city. And everything, but well, I mean, there's yeah. been some people in the city who probably haven't been real nice either. Yeah. But uh, you know, um, I, I would love, I I would love for him to, you know, if there was that one team that like, but here's the gist is most people now will run a wildcat. Um, you know, am I gonna snap the ball to Cam Newton or Derrick Henry? Like if I get within the side of the five yard line. Um yeah. and 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 the difference between you know Mariota and Cam is, you know, yeah, Mariota's just like, all right, whatever, you know, and, and Cam wants He's to fine. win. Yeah, you know, and, and Mariota's like, okay, it's fine. If I'm gonna do this, that's fine. Um, I'm making my millions of dollars and stuff like that, but Cam wants to win. Um, so you know, Godspeed, whatever happens. Um, I you know, I, I wish they'd just let him play the last two games. However, I think most Panther fans just want the last two games over with. <laughs> um yeah. COVID could wreak havoc, they could cancel the final two Panther games. And I don't think anybody would uh <laughs> blink an eye. I would I, I would I would I would have zero I would have zero issue with it. And uh, and, and again, I I, I think Sam should start the, the next two games. If we, I mean, we, that's an $18 million investment Matt Rule made. I, think I know. Need, I think yeah. the world needs to see what he decided to invest in and we can get a full, just get a full glimpse. Because I mean, now that Sam is back and you, and you've now played him in a game with, with Cam, there's no reason to play Cam anymore. Right. Um, you know, um, just see, just see, see what and- you see, what you, See what see what see what see what type of investment you made, you know. And the and the cool part would be, um, and where Cam is at in his career right now, I don't think he wants any sympathy playing time. Does that make sense? I don't think yeah, he just wants so. that. I, I don't think he wants that sympathetic playing time. So, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. So let's just talk uh, if we can talk anything positive about going to New Orleans um, to play the Saints um, because I have I, I don't even look. I've been on Twitter all day long just trying to figure out. How many guys are on COVID? How many guys are playing? How many guys are not playing? The Colts are reaching out to Phillip Rivers. It's like, it's just, it, it's crazy. But I I don't even know, and I'll let you guys go on and I'll ask you this question. I don't even know that we could go to New Orleans and beat the Saints led by, I don't even know what the guy's name was. Ian Book. Okay, and here's a stat. I didn't know this, but Notre Dame quarterbacks in their last 24 starts have not won a game. Anything about him, Deshaun Kaiser? I'm, I'm sorry, Tyler. Sorry, Tyler. I'm not trying to be. <laughs> yeah. but, uh. but no, but it's 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 bizarre that you, Notre Dame and you haven't had, like their last 24 starts. They're 0 and 24. But I don't know. I I, I just you know because they have paid because they have shot. We, we don't like him. I don't like him. But the man can still coach a football team, which we saw last night. Even though they got beat by the Dolphins, they were still competitive, and they were missing. 20 starters and I just don't know that we can go into going there and win. I, I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. We can't beat real coaching staff. That's a real coach. Over that, there. Okay, yeah. I agree. Yep. And see the reason why even the reason why I had New Orleans picked higher than us coming in coming into the season because if that's a real coach and if anybody's going to get the max out of that roster no matter who's out there it's going to be Sean Payton. I mean and, 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 and again, I I'm I want everybody to start seeing who the real coaches are in this league? You got guys like Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, what he's done, what, what he's done with that roster. I like the, like those are coaches that can maximize talent, and there's no excuses 
as to, oh, well, this guy's hurt. Well, that guy's hurt. Mike Vrabel, Mike, Mike Vrabel even on top of that. Y'all have missed receivers, and Derrick Henry's been done for the majority of the season. They are 10-5 with the number two C in the AFC. DC, these are real coaches that, that you know, that know how to coach football teams and know how to handle Absolutely. grown men. And, uh, you know, I, I just I just want people to understand there's a there's a level to like you know coaches in, in in this game and there are guys that can still coach despite not having everything work in their favor right and i think you hit it right on the head with the saints and the coaching staff we, we cannot outwork or out talent a, a a coaching staff and you know the thing about the saints is they've kept their guys intact for a while now uh sean payton offensive coordinator pete carmichael and defensive coordinator dennis allen all three are better coaches than anybody that we have in the Panthers right now. And Absolutely. that staff, those three in their own are going to figure out a way, no matter, no matter who's on COVID, no matter who's their quarterback, they're going to find a way to beat us. I don't really have much hope in us winning this week. Now, you know, the Saints defense, and they're just going to play tough. They're, they're going to play tough no matter who they got, no matter what they're going up against. And, um, you know, it's, it's a much stronger organization as a coaching staff than us. And I, I can't see us taking them down. I'm officially uh, at the point where, you know, a couple losses would be nice here to end the season and, you know, maintain or even, you know, move up in the draft order, even though this is not really the year where you're super, super excited about moving up a couple extra spots in the top 10. Um, but it, it definitely helps. And we'll be thankful for that once draft time comes around. So uh, that's kind of where my, where I'm at, not feeling good about this one against the saints, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And uh, you know, really what I'm hoping for is, you know, we lose, you know, we lose a close one it helps us long-term, but we see guys like Brady Christensen um, and maybe even, you know, play Sam their own and really see, if there's anything there at all um, going into next year, um, is maybe look for the bright spots. But that's that's how I feel going into these last two games. All right. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And what we've seen, and Sean Tisha mentioned it, was coaching-wise. You've seen the coaches who can coach when they've this COVID stuff has gone nuts. You're down 18, 20 people, and yet you put guys in the right, right spot. You build a culture, and um, they go out and they play football. And, 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 and you're talking about building a culture. Um, I don't know if you guys just saw this. It just came across. Um, John Madden has passed away at the age of 85. Oh, man. Um, it just came across on Twitter. Um, John Madden, uh, uh, 85 years old. Um, I, you know, being 53 years old, um, I saw John Madden um, coaching the Raiders. Um, I can remember him on, you know, uh, doing the games. Um, and, uh, and, and so um, our thoughts and prayers are obviously with uh, – the Madden family and the whole NFL family. Um, they did that, 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 that special on Christmas day about him, um, which was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, thing. If you ever get a chance to go back and watch it, do it. Um, my thoughts of John Madden. Um, you're talking about one of the best coaches to ever coached the game. Um, you're talking about somebody who um, helped make the NFL what it is today um, and continue to make it just because they named a game after him. Um, was, and, 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 and to do that when you could have named, a video game, anything, and and you you do Madden. Um, it gives you the opportunity to coach and play, um, and 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 bring excitement to it. So um, I will give you this. I just remember. Um, I think when they won uh, the Super Bowl in Pasadena, I guess, and uh, they were trying to lift him up <laughs> their shoulders because he wasn't a small guy. Um, but you know, when you think about the. NFL and you think about John Madden and now Davis and the Raiders um, and, and what that did to propel the NFL. Um, 
a big loss. And I would just love to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, on John Madden. And if you have any uh, – you're the younger guys, but what recollection you might have. I, you know, you, you, when you talk about John Madden, I mean, obviously my first introduction to John Madden was uh, – was uh, was was through, was through the video games, of course, you know, and and you talk about a guy that spanned generations. You talk you're talking about a guy that for nearly what the oh god from pretty much the almost the entirety of the of the modern NFL has been has absolutely been face has been, has been the face of this sport for for a long time. And you, I mean, you get I mean, you think about it, there's guys like like me and Tyler's age that know John Madden, even if it's through the video games. He, 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 that that at least allowed me the chance to be able to go back and do research about. How how good this guy was! I, I you know I mean I mean get, get, learning about those old Raiders Raider team that competed uh, with with the with the Steel Curtain Steelers and you know you and you get a chance to see to watch a guy build a legacy all the way up until it's time for you to be able to watch football and I, I've and I've got and and again his legacy will continue on because I mean the the Madden franchise itself is one of the biggest franchises in America in in in, 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 in game in in, uh, in sports gaming. And, and and again, I think I, I, him being able to live, him being able to have a have a have a legacy that that's being able to span kids that have never even that may have not even even known he was a head coach at one point. I think it's something great to be able to, to be able to hang your hat on. Yeah, you know, thoughts and prayers, of course, to the Madden family. Um, you know, John Madden, like Sean T said, in my memory, he he is the NFL. He is football. That it goes back to you know that's where I really. You know, somebody that wasn't around for those times, that's where I really feel like the game started. I mean, I know it didn't, but he really changed it and took it to a different level with those Raiders teams. Um, and, you know, as a fan now, a lot of the average fans, um, you know, there's no there's no way of escaping hearing about some of the older, you know, legends of the game. And But there's only so many that you hear about, especially from coaches, and John Madden's one of them. And, uh, you know, a true legend, um, you know, has a game name after him. Um, documentary that you know we'll have to watch here as it as you know, as it comes up. So um, you know, really awesome. It just defines what it means to um, to be a winner in football and talk about giving back to the game. Um, you know, nobody's given back to the game more than John Madden, and it's got the game has been better and the NFL has been a better place because of him. So um, you know, it, done a lot to change the game. And again, thoughts and prayers to his family. Agreed. You know, for me, I can remember too, like, um, and, and you don't get it as much now, but um, Thanksgiving Day was really to see Pat Summerall and John Madden call a football game and give out those big turkey legs. Y'all can Google that or watch it on YouTube, but um, I think John Madden was the first person to do the turducken with the turkey and the duck inside of it. And um, the turkey would have like four legs. It was crazy. It was five legs. It was insane. Um, but um, Thanksgiving football for me will always be about John Madden and Pat Summerall calling a football game. So, um, yeah, our prayers and thoughts with the Madden family and the entire NFL family, um, a legend of the game. Um, and I'm glad um, we've had a chance to talk about him um, uh, because it's it's important to remember uh, we are where we are because of guys like him. So um, and, and um, you know, uh, there there's a culture about the NFL that um, it, whether our team is good or bad, um, it's the greatest sport in the world. And it's the greatest sport there it is. And it's because of guys like John Madden. So once again, our prayers and thoughts with him. Guys, I hope you guys had a great holiday. Um, enjoy your new year. Um, we will talk after a victory <laughs> against New Orleans, maybe. Um, but until then, guys, y'all be safe. Love one another and keep pounding.